Episode 23 starts now. Welcome to ShareMo EDU. We are a team of two Missouri Lead Learners sharing stories across the state and beyond through the lens of education. I'm Dr. Renee Hawkins, Principal at Maple Elementary School in Smithville, Missouri. And I'm Dr. Eric Carlin, Assistant Principal at Maple Elementary School in Smithville, Missouri. This week's guest is the Executive Director for the Q Rockstar Community, a group focused on inspiring innovative learners through creative professional development practices and by fostering a sense of community and education. John Carippo is the author of the Edu Protocol Field Guide, 16 Student-Centered Lesson Frames for in Infinite Learning Possibilities. He challenges educators, presenters, and anyone who listens in to do more for education. We're excited to have you. Welcome, John. Well, it is good to be here. I'm excited to talk to you guys. Awesome. Well, John, help our audience to get to know you and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I, I, I routinely uh, describe myself as a formerly disgruntled student. Uh, one of the reasons I got into education is that I, I really I see all of these human hours every day that we invest in this, this process called education, and I think we can get a lot more out of it than we are. And so my last uh, approximately 20 years in education, I've spent probably, I think, 17, 18 in classrooms or directly in educational environments as an, a principal, an assistant soup at different levels. And now I work for Q, which is an educational nonprofit representing California, Nevada. We have about 19,000 members. Um, but you know what? When I get up every morning, I still feel like a sixth grade teacher. I feel like a foot soldier in the war against ignorance. And I love reaching out to, uh, to shows like this to be able to share some ideas and collaborate with folks. Awesome. We're excited to learn from you. Yeah. So, John, you have a hashtag for education, hashtag QRockstar. Tell us what mm -hmm. this hashtag means to you and how you honor it. Sure. So, uh, you know, uh, about 2007, I worked for one of the local county offices and I was going to a conference a week. It was like, boom, 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 conference, conference, conference. And I looked at my car one day and I had all these bags with all these handouts. And I kind of realized I was like, I, I can't remember going to all the sessions. <laughs> it's like, it's just a blur. And so when I uh, got to start a new high school called Minarets High School here in the Central Sierra near Yosemite National Park, um, my first year there, I was like, hey, I, I want to make a little money. I, I want to make a little money for my class. I'm going to do a conference and I'm going to do it in a totally different way. And I got connected with Q and they let me use their registration system and insurance. And basically, we the Q Rockstar mentality is rethinking what conferences are. And uh, uh, Q Rockstar events are usually have less than 150 people. It's a micro event, kind of like maybe some of the ed camps you've been to. And the key there is that we have two main goals. One, hands-on learning. So to use Flipgrid for an example, you're not going to go and watch a slide deck about Flipgrid. You're going to make an account. You're going to uh, participate in a, a Flipgrid, and you're going to you're going to do that two or three times within the session. Um, and the idea is lots of hands-on learning. The other big key element is um, social learning, extending your network, being with a larger group of educators that are similar or different mindset that extends your network. Uh, the Q Rockstar mentality basically says that if you have only one teacher friend outside of your county or state, that you're not doing this right. You need that big network. Hmm. That's awesome. I'm going to take notes and... <laughs> 
Rockstar back to school meeting. <laughs> the other the other unique thing we do at Rockstar camps is we have we start off the day with shred sessions, which if you've ever been to camp, it's kind of like singing for your supper. And so every one of the faculty gets one minute to try to attract people to come to their sessions. And so in that minute, they've got to do an infomercial for their session. And the idea behind it was really this. It was how many times have you gone to a conference and you read the blurb and then you go, Eh, I don't know. Meanwhile, there's something amazing going on two doors over. So this way, all of the people at a Q Rockstar, they get to see all of the, the faculty ahead of time. And we've had hundreds of incidences where people go to a session they didn't think they would be interested in based on the blurb. They just want to be around that energy or that creativity. And it turns into a whole other thing. So that's one of the other really unique elements of a Q Rockstar campus, the Shred Sessions. That's very cool. I love that idea. Um, share a message from your book. You're a co-author of Edu Protocols. Uh, share a message from that that would would cause our listeners to take action. Oh, how about this? No more grading on weekends or after school. <laughs> How's like that? that? Yeah. <laughs> I think I could just stop right there. Um, <laughs> My friend Alice Keeler has a little thing that she does where she says, look, see, this is my little rolly cart and I'm going to fill it up with papers on Friday afternoon. And this is me walking to my car. I'm not going to grade them, uh, but I take them home. <laughs> right. And so um, one of the big things with Edge Protocols is that uh, we've tried to approach it the same idea as craft brewing or as uh, food trucks. OK. And uh, if, if there's no such thing as an Applebee's food truck. Right. When when people are excited about uh, their craft of cooking. They constantly are iterating and changing and tinkering to make sure more people like their cooking, right? The other piece that's big is um, if you're a cook, you don't have 180 different breakfasts. You've got about eight or 10 breakfasts that you're really good at, right? So you've got like an egg dish that is yours. You've got a pancake waffle thing that is yours. You do not feel the need to have a different dish every year, uh, every day. But guess what we do in teaching? We really equate the idea of every day I need a new lesson. Every day I need a new lesson. Every And then since I have a new lesson every day, I need a teacher's edition. And then when I have a teacher's edition, then I have to tell kids if they're right or wrong. And so part of the idea with the Edge of Protocols is that if you can get eight or 10 protocols going that you can use as a mix and match set, you can plan a perfect week and then do that same week about all year long. There's variations. I don't want to you know, run kids into the ground with the same, same, same. But think about this. How much cognitive load are we putting on kids when we ask them to do a different worksheet every time? Anybody that's taught more than a couple of months knows that when you dish out those worksheets, about half of the class has no idea what the activity is. And we're not even talking about the content. We're talking about the activity. So if you've ever been on a sports team, imagine if your football coach changed practice every day. Performance would plummet. If you're a if you're a, a, a workout person, if you had a different workout every day, you would become discouraged because you would say every day, I'm not very good at this. And that's what happens with kids when we ask them to do different things. Uh, sorry, the same thing. Sorry. An entirely different thing every day is every day they start from scratch. So let me give you a super low entry level for edgy protocols. Um, have either of you guys used quizzes, Kahoot, GoFormative, those kinds of things? Yeah. Okay. What I have seen and done as a teacher is wrong. 
it's not effective. So this is what I see a lot on Twitter. We just did our practice review for the test in Kahoot. So you still did five days of worksheets with no feedback and you still did uh, word searches and you still did fill in the blank PDFs. So one of our uh, really easy starter protocols is called the fast and the curious. And basically it goes like this. You give the kids the quiz to begin the week. Monday morning, they come in 15 words. Boom. There you go. Now, I like quizzes the best because it gives every kid feedback, not just the top five. Now, Kahoot's great. But think about the, the fast feedback model. So you come into my chemistry class. I give you 15 vocab words. We take the test right now. Let's say the class only gets 40% right. No problem. I'm going to go into review mode in quizzes, and I'm going to walk you guys through the correct answer and why for those 15 words. And then I'm going to give you the test again right now. I do this with adults all the time in this same model. Test, feedback, test again. Mm -hmm. And I give adults a quiz on Nintendo. It is a nonsense quiz. It's made by some kid in Iowa. Half the questions aren't even right. But I've done it with as many as 700 people in the room. And we've moved from 48% right to 91% right with 700 people in about 12 minutes. What does my class look like if I just do that on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Probably pretty good. I mean, you're setting yourself, yeah. right? If you look the hashtag edge protocols up, you're going to see people posting about this where their kids, they, they're going up 10 or 15% every day. Okay. I don't have to put things in my little wheelie cart and pretend I'm grading them over the weekend. I don't have to put good job on all the word searches. I'm giving kids real feedback that's on point. Now, to be fair, that's pretty low DOK, right? That's like a DOK 0.5. But, but what we're doing is we're using the computer to uh, automate the feedback loop, which allows me to compress time. Think how much time teachers spend correcting 150 worksheets, collecting 150 worksheets, yelling at kids because they didn't turn them in. I've done that. I've done that. I've been that guy. My classes, they used to, when I was time to turn in homework, my sixth graders would line up alphabetically and I would check all their papers in real time to make sure they were filled out. And if you didn't finish yours, you knew to pick up the phone and call your own mom and turn them in. That mm. felt pretty good, except for one problem. I was breaking kids' hearts and spirits. And that is not why I got into this career. So that was when I started switching. I started saying, wait a minute. I'm trying to perfect a process that is flawed. So I backed out of it and said, now, what is it I really want? I want kids to know these 15 or 18 words with a 90% accuracy by Friday. Well, I don't have to do it that way. Um, so, but like I said, that's a pretty low DOK because there's not a lot of synthesis going on. It's mostly memorizing, but I've compressed time. I've got all this weekend and afternoon time back. So when I'm teaching, I got a lot more energy. Now, my co-author on the Edge of Protocols handbook, Marlena Hayburn, she came up with a neat one after we had a conversation about think, pair, share. And let's be honest. I like think, pair, share as a concept, but this is the reality. If I gave you guys three minutes to talk about this blog so far, you would not talk about this blog for the full three minutes. You would uh, you would introduce yourselves. You would have a couple comments. What would you have for lunch? Blah, blah, blah. And then I would say only 30 seconds. And then you would say, oh, my gosh, we need something. 
And so now that three minutes was only 30 seconds. And all of the learning is in the ether, right? There's no academics being performed. And so Marlene and I were kind of picking on, ah, we like the idea of kids talking and we like them talking about content, but the framework's not quite right. So she came up with one called Cyber Sandwich. Cyber Sandwich goes like this. I send five slides to the kids, right? Five slides. First slide is a link to an article I want you to read. And your job is to put about five or six facts from the article in that slide. Second student, same exact job, but you're on a different slide. Uh, the third step on that, I had to switch my fingers because we're educators. <laughs> the, uh, the third step for that is that then once one and two are done, they get together and they make a Venn diagram of what they found in the article. So now they're talking and comparing, but they're typing out their thoughts. So now I, as a teacher, I'm set up perfectly to have a Socratic seminar because here's one of the things that happens in Think, Pair, Share. Group one, what'd you think? We thought this. Group two, what'd you think? We thought this. Group three, what'd you think? Uh, they took ours. And then the whole conversation's over. In the cyber sandwich on that slide three, every kid, every group of kids has written something down. They've actually typed. They've actually made sentences. They've done things like that. You have a nice Socratic seminar, slide four. Kid one does a paragraph about what they learned today. Now it can be first person, third person. It can be persuasive. You can have all this fun with what the paragraph is, but they're going to knock out one paragraph. Slide five, student two does the same thing. Now, if you think that sounds interesting, let me extend it. What if you did a cyber sandwich every day and spent about 20 minutes on that every day? And every day you did TWA model, which is teach while walking around. This is my imaginary Starbucks. I'm teaching while walking around in the classroom. I'm not standing at the board. I'm not e answering emails. I'm teaching while walking around and I'm going, good job, good job, good job. Oh, I like this. Every day kids are knocking off one paragraph. After five days, we have a five paragraph research report done. They didn't even know what happened. Right now we take those five paragraphs, we copy paste them into a singular Google doc. We maybe have them at a table or a couple of pictures. Boom. I got a hyper doc going and that is guaranteed success for every single kid. If you do that process 32 times this year, how good are those kids going to get at that process? They're going to get really good. The biggest challenge I have in this is to make sure that that link that I send to the kids is really good right? I can't just send them a link to textbook page 43. I got to send them to something from Wired or Scientific American or National Geographic that makes them go, oh my God, this is amazing. I can't wait to write about this. That's my one challenge. But in terms of lesson planning, three minutes, two minutes, right. everybody's done on time, real-time feedback. So those are some of the things that we like about the protocols. Very interesting. We're a, uh, recently a Kagan district. We had training for all of our staff and they talk about the structures and how you can fit them into anything. But um, mm -hmm. it, it reminds me of that where it doesn't matter what grade you go to. And I know you've talked about this before, whether you're teaching second grade or they tell you the next day you're going to sixth grade, you know, the structure or the protocol. Right. And, and, and that and that's the chef thing, right? That's the chef thing. If, if you're working at one restaurant, you don't go to the next restaurant and go, how do you cook here? I need a box of recipes. You still know how to make a white sauce. You still know how to cook pasta, right? You can still fry a grilled cheese sandwich. And so for administrators, this is a great approach. And I think it's why Kagan's popular as well, is that if I move you from fourth to sixth grade, you're still going to do the fast and the curious, and you're still going to do cyber sandwich. You're still going to do those activities. 
The only thing that changes is the content. So you're an expert at those activities. I like to use the camp counselor metaphor. If you used to be a camp counselor in the mountains and now you're a beach camp counselor, it's not like all of your institutional knowledge disappears. Instead of talking about raccoons, you're talking about starfish. But the craft of being a camp counselor is the same. It's the way you interact with the kids. It's the way that you point things out. It's the way that you organize the day. That stuff's all the same. And so this idea that, you know, when teachers get moved from fifth to eighth grade, that like somebody sucked their whole brain out over their summer, like, oh, I can't do that. I've never taught eighth grade before. Dude, I know how to walk people through learning. That's my jam. I can teach you and I can learn with you almost anything. So the grade level, irrelevant. If it's kindergarten, first grade, we're going to use more pictures and we're going to use more Google voice searches, right? If it's AP, we're going to cite our sources more and we're going to go deeper and we're going to talk more about what is the bias or the background, whatever is appropriate for that AP subject. But the magic of teaching, nah, it's always the same. Right. Love it. Lots there. <laughs> and lots of excitement behind it. Yeah. yeah. It's really been fun to see how it's kind of, I, 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 I wouldn't say viral, but it's been like semi-viral to see people in states I've never gone to, like texting us and emailing us, look what I just did, this is amazing, it's blown my mind. It's, it's really, really, um, it's really gratifying. And if people are interested, they can go to eduprotocols.com and we've got five or six protocols there that they can download. And this is the beauty of it. It's like, if you can, if you can grill a good grilled cheese sandwich, what does it take you to, to make it into a triple-decker bacon grilled cheese sandwich? It's just a little wrinkle. And that's what this is about. It's like just if you do these two little things, everything changes. And my favorite part of the protocols is they allow you to give kids real-time feedback. Because what happens in a lot of situations is kids do their work, their homework, whatever. They turn it in. The teachers are busy. I'm not blaming teachers. This is reality is that that kid may not get that feedback until a week later. Dude, they don't even care anymore. To be able to say, stop doing it that way because here's what you need to do better on an immediate basis means growth just goes through the ceiling. And once your kids are more engaged in learning and once they can speak with uh, efficacy to the subject matter that you're trying to share with them, behavior problems disappear, kids get more excited. So there's this, it's a real cool swirl of culture and teaching and and i think most people that have gotten into teaching have gotten in it because they want to inspire kids about the world they in general don't get in into teaching because they want to make sure people do what they say i haven't heard a lot of people say that like i do this because i've it's like my own football team every year and i've got tenure <laughs> nobody cares if we win i i don't I don't think most people get into teaching for that. I think most people start out with the idea that I want to help make a difference. And the best way you can make a difference is to raise happy kids who are self-aware and creative and can adapt. And that's what the Edger Protocols really brings to a classroom. Great. I'm excited to adapt ideas to staff meetings. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, then protocols work for staff meetings too, right? So you could totally do a cyber sandwich on Kagan. Like if you're going to introduce something, uh, Marlena started doing this. She she was supposed to teach a school district what the four C's were. And she said, I'm not going to teach them. I'm going to have them iron chef it. So they work collaboratively to read a one-page article and then explain it to each other. And she's just sitting in the back going, yep. <laughs> And so she didn't have to build 50 slides and she didn't have to come up with cute little engaging cartoons and characters. She just gave them something 
to read and consider and share back. And, and it works great with adult learners. Love it. The person doing the, the talking is the person doing the learning. That's right. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. Okay, yep. John, reflect on these statements. Right now, one thing that is going well for me is, and I want to grow by... Oh, one thing that is going well for me is um, I'm having a really good time impacting a lot of classrooms, which I will never be able to visit. And uh, one thing I want that, what was the second part? I want to grow by. I want to grow by a lot in terms of <laughs> teachers being less dependent on corporately designed lesson plans. I'm going to quote Michael Fullen on that. I, I want to grow by helping teachers get off of corporately designed lesson plans. Now, that doesn't mean, if anybody's listening, that we just throw our teacher's edition out. And there's actually a chapter on your teacher edition is your friend, but you, sh you need to break up with it. Um, it's not about just getting rid of it all, but it's about not being dependent on it all. Like, I like to cook. I don't need to make my own mayonnaise from scratch, right? I'm not that geeky. But there's certain parts that you want to do. I want to make my own macaroni and cheese from scratch. I don't want to do boxed macaroni and cheese. And if I do boxed macaroni and cheese, I'm going to use half and half, not milk. So it's a little better. <laughs> but that's what we, what we want teachers to be thinking like, right? It's like, I'm not just going to go from page 14 to 17 because that's what it says. I'm going to interact with kids on the level they need. Yes. Oh, so true. Um, what three words would you use to describe the person who has made the greatest impact on your life? And why do those words come to mind? Uh, okay, so I'm going to have to go with my wife as much as you laugh uh, with the cliche and day today. So um, she has encouraged me. First of all, she encouraged me to get into education. It was not a life plan. And she sort of tricked me into it. And good for her. Uh, the three words that I would talk about from her would be tenacious, because she talks about how both of us are willing to do the hard work and not be swayed. Uh, presidential, because I've learned to be less of a rebel and more of a ninja. Um, I used to just roll in. I'm a bit of a zealot. And I used to just roll in and let you know what I thought. And I figured <laughs> out that that is not always the most effective. So she taught me presidential. And then what's the third word? I would say joy. That you know, we're happy people and we we like what we do. Nobody makes us do this. And I'm going to quote my friend Fawn Gwynn. She's a math teacher out here on the West Coast. And uh, her blog post ending almost made me cry when I read these words. Don't screw this up. You don't have to teach. You get to. I love it. And that's legit right there, right? You don't have to teach. If you don't like this job. Right. We'll find some other people or I'll teach shorthanded. I would rather teach shorthanded than have you teach in mad. And so I think people need to really think about that every morning. I don't have to do this. I get to. I get to shape lives. I get to save kids. I get to. Capital G-E-T. Love it. I echo your message. That's <laughs> great. Well, and I would say it's not my message. I think it's just, it's something that's innate that teachers understand. And sometimes somebody needs to put words to it. But when you look at it, everybody goes, that's a no brainer, dude. That's a no brainer. Well, on the student side too, we had a video we made a year ago and one of our students, his dad said, all right, you get a, uh, you, you have to go to school. He goes, no dad, I don't have to, I get to. And we want that same yeah. 
mindset for students that they want to come and yeah. it should be the same for the teachers. And that's the, that, that's the Dave Burgess quote, right? Would, would kids pay to come to your class? And that it's really a big thing. John, what's been a game changing moment for you in the field of education? You know, I've had several big milestone moments. Um, what's probably my biggest, let me think of one of my the game changers. I think I, I'm going to use this one. For me, the biggest game changer was the year that they they didn't give me any textbooks. So they moved me from fifth to eighth grade with no textbooks. And I took that as a challenge to start designing my own curriculum. So I, I looked over what the standards were, and I started building out these things that 15 years later become the edge of protocols. But I'm like, let's see, if I'm building my own junk, I don't want to spend every weekend lesson planning. And so how do I create structures that flow that are intuitive and tech-based for kids, but not time-intensive for me? And so that was a big one for me was when I said, and, and bear in mind, I'm a performer. I, I want good scores. If kids are going to be in cl my class for 180 days, there damn well be some good scores. But that doesn't mean I'm a slave to the test either. So my other epiphany was I'm going to teach way above the test. Okay, I'm not going to teach up to it. Let's operate way above that level. And we'll actually take that week for a slowdown week. And I've actually had kids tell me that. That week's, oh my God, all we're doing is filling in bubbles all day. It's so easy. And and I think that's a really healthier approach. Oh, it's so fun. That takes me back to my high school physics class. We weren't allowed to use a calculator. And <laughs> every class involved math after that was super easy. <laughs> right. Well, and, and that there's this fine line between when I say working above it, I don't mean harder. Sure, sure. I mean more challenging, if that's and that makes sense, because a lot of folks in our teaching um, uh, and community will make the mistake of um, rigorous means randomly harder. So uh, if 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 uh, eight Latin roots is hard, I'm going to give you thirty. Well, I'm not sure that's really the answer. I'm not sure that it's just brutalizing the workload. Um, I'd, I'd rather send kids home with five math problems that are challenging, but that we have practiced and classed. And if they can knock it out in 15 minutes, I'm feeling pretty good about that. I don't need to give them a hundred problems. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the wrong kind of challenging. Okay. If your cup is not full, you cannot fill the cup of others. Cheers. True enough. Oh, I like it. Yeah. How do you promote self-care? How do I promote self-care? Or for wow. yourself, how do you how do you fill your cup? Um, I'm I'm pretty big fan of just reminding that I the the work that I get to do affects millions of kids, and I got to get this right. And uh, so I will step away. Uh, one of my favorite pastimes is World of Tanks because when you're in World of Tanks, that's all you're thinking about. You're not thinking about the budget or the accountant or the taxes or the presentations that are due in two days, you're in that world. So part of me being healthy is being able to let it all go sometimes. And I like to cook and I like to travel and um, I like to enjoy my family. And so, so there's a, there's a real clear distinction there. You know, I'm on, I'm off. I'm on a lot, but when I'm off, I'm really off. Love it. Okay. This month we are promoting find your jam July hashtag find your jam July. What's your jam and how do you empower yourself to grow in this area? Okay, so my jam is <laughs> professional development. 
And uh, that's that's what really makes me go is how can I help teachers make class more enjoyable for kids? And so that's pretty much what I'm thinking about all the time is how can I get to more districts? How can I get to more teachers? How can I do more cute chats? How can I do more podcasts to help? If any of these little nuggets help people, I feel like I don't want to go to my grave with them stuck right here. So I'm trying to get it all out. Um, I like I like to come up with little quotables, and one of my favorite one is that professional development is not an event; it is a mindset. Right. Right. Because if you like beer, you don't think about beer just when you're drinking it. <laughs> you think about beer all the time. If you think about barbecue, when you when you get to fly to a new town, you first thing you do is what? Yeah, you, Google, you Google that that name's town that town's name plus barbecue, right? <laughs> and you find new friends. And so I think that we need to look at our craft of teaching the same way. It's not the kind of thing where when I close that classroom door at three thirty on Friday, that's it. That is a professional mistake. And I know that some people rightly so feel the district has a responsibility to train us but we have a responsibility to the kids to be the best we can be and so there's a balance point there i'm not advocating for districts to stop training teachers um, but i am advocating for teachers not letting a district determine how good they're going to be so true there's so much pd out there that you can do on your own and <clears throat> different yeah. opportunities through yeah. twitter through podcasts it's right. If you don't, if you don't like your district PD and you think the district next door is cool, do an ed camp with them just for the fun of it. You'll be better for it. Cost you nothing, a lot of fun, makes your career better. You don't, don't blame your district if they're not giving you enough PD. They want to, but it's a funding thing and a contract thing and a timing thing. But I, I don't want to wake up in 20 years going, you know, I could have been good. I should have learned Google Docs back in the early 2000 because I, I could have done some stuff. I'm, I live in fear that another class will escape my control without being the best they can be. That's, that's what keeps me awake at night. <laughs> love it. Love it. Okay. We've come to the moment in this interview where it's time to share your fast five. We're going to fire that's five fine. questions at you. We, we want okay. you to answer with the first thought that comes to mind. I'm working right. out. Stretching. Stretching. Right. Okay, here we go. Last five. Yes. Here we go. Fire away, Renee. What was your best subject in school? PE. Okay. <laughs> Would you rather be transported permanently 500, 500 years into the future or 500 years in the past? I'm going to take the future because I like uh, penicillin and antibiotics and not dying of random unknown diseases. <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm not going to grow up. I'm just going to get older. All right. Good answer. What's the, what's the best gift to give an educator? Ooh. Free PD. Hey, there it is. Send a loved one to a rock star camp. There you go. <laughs> we would like to come to a rock star camp. Yeah. Well, let's work on it. All right. Give a shout out to one person you want to tune into this episode. I would like, uh, oh man, because this is hard because I have so many friends that I want to pick on right now. You can pick all of them. We'll take them. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Alice Keeler. I'm gonna okay. go Alice Keeler. Right. I'm challenging Alice Keeler to watch this podcast. Awesome. All right, John. Well, that you passed Fast Five, and it has been amazing getting to talk to you. There's uh, so much I'm sure we could dive deeper into, and your passion just uh, exudes from you when you're when you're talking. It's it's so awesome. 
Um, is there any closing messages or anything you'd like to share with anyone who's going to tune in? Um, Let's go fast six, fast six. Okay, okay. All of my sessions come with free lifetime tech support, free lifetime tech support. My Twitter handle is at jcaripo. If you ask tech questions, I will answer. Okay, there it is. Awesome. John, with anything you need. Yep. Ha uh, hashtag friendly guy. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for the invite, you guys. It's always fun to talk with educators who uh, totally get it. Right, right. All right. Tune in next week to learn more as we share. Shermo Edu. Have a good one, John. Thank you. Shermo. Shermo has the shermo. <laughs>